Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the -the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Welcome to this week's episode. I have a very special guest here in Scott Friedman. We're going to dive right in. Scott, I always like to let you, the person, tell people what you do, what you're about, so that I don't get it wrong and so I can hear your passion and energy. So if you could tell people what you do around the world. All right. Well, I'm a motivational humorist, and in the last five years, my focus has been on using celebration as a strategic tool to improve productivity and team performance in the workplace. I love it. So let's get right into that because we talk about uh, being able to apply mindfulness to our lives. So how does celebrating add to us being aware or mindful or just add to our lives? Well, celebration focuses on all that is good. So it's, uh, it's the good work that you do. It's the people that you do it with. It's the people that you do it for when your to-do list becomes your done list. It's really uh, acknowledging the little and the big milestones along the way. So it keeps you focused on what works in your life and keeps you, uh, by focusing on that, then you don't focus on the stuff that doesn't work or that brings you down. So it keeps keeps your spirits high and uh, reminds you to honor others and bring more joy into people's lives and into the world. Love it. And so does it also lead you to wanting to be inspired to get to the next celebration? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, life is moving from one celebration to the next. Yeah. So really, yeah. So celebration really is, is more of an attitude. And it, I think it it's, it's fits right into mindfulness because it keeps you from getting angry and stressed and, and keeps all the pressure at bay when you're focused on on what, what's working in your lives and, uh, and the good things that, uh, that the, the world brings. I love that. And so what are some steps, some skill sets people can use to start celebrating in their life more often on, you know, on an everyday basis? Well, there's a lot of little things, I mean, that you can, you can do to bring more celebration. And so with your spouse or partner, uh, for instance, waking up in the morning and just, uh, post a note on the mirror, good morning, sexy, with uh, maybe a little lipstick. <laughs> well, maybe not if you're a guy on that post-it note. So it's just, it's just looking for the, the little things to bring surprise into other people's lives. We, uh, we talk about turning on your GPS, which is gratitude, play, and surprise. So it's having more gratitude in the world and in your life. So really being appreciative of, of the life that you lead and those that you, you have in your life. Uh, play is being in the state of being in the state of flow. So it's, it's focusing on, on just being in the moment and not, uh, not worrying about the past. It's letting go of resentment or any past emotions. And then the, the, this S surprise is how can we bring more joy into people's lives 
based on what's highest on their joy list. So it's focusing on really honoring those that we come in contact with. I love that. And can it be self-celebration? In other words, sure. can that post-it note say, hey, sexy, and you don't have a partner? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, just look in the mirror in the morning and say, you are it. Is it my imagination or do you just keep getting better looking? You should be in a museum, you piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> there could be many reasons you could be in that museum, but that's, I don't mean you, you specifically, I mean me or anyone. Uh, I love this breakdown of the GPS, the gratitude. Are there steps that you have people like at the end of each day, do you recommend it to start the day? Which do you find is more effective? what happens when we wake up in the morning, a lot of times is we're thinking, oh my gosh, I have, I have this list of to-dos and, and immediately you start to feel pressure or stress. So it's simply asking the question when we first wake up, what do I have to be grateful for? So it's just spending a moment in reflection over all the, about the things that, that we, we have in our lives that we're, we're grateful for. And then before we go to bed, same thing, just a quick acknowledgement about the day and again, uh, what we're grateful for. And if things didn't work quite the way you wanted them to, then uh, a quick review in your mind or ask yourself the question, okay, what, what lessons can I learn from this? Or still, what's the, what's the, what's the beauty in this situation? What, what can I, what can I take away from it? It's, it's constantly playing the game. What's the gift? So with any challenge in our lives, if we just ask ourselves, okay, what's, what's the gift? What, there, there's got to be a gift in here somewhere. I, so love, I love that because it, it, the G is right. Two words, right? Gratitude and gift. Yeah, it, you got it. Right? It's gratitude for the gift. Where's the gift? Where's the gift here? That's, uh, that's powerful. And, and maybe even some dark times we can say to ourselves, is there a gift here that I'm just not it, seeing? Right. The worst things in life always contain some seeds of the best. I, I remember the, uh, about 15 years ago, I was speaking to a group of cancer survivors and I remember I was asking, I asked my mom, I said, hey, mom, what do you think if I asked this group of cancer survivors what the gift is in their cancer? My mom says, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? What, what is wrong with you? And I said, and you know how when your mom tells you not to do something, you, you, do, you it anyways, do it anyway. Right, right. <laughs> and, and it was amazing that what I, with that perspective. What By the I way, my mom was, listens to this, so I always do what my mother says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Shout out to your mom. Smart. <laughs> That's a good, good, good thing to follow. For sure. <laughs> but I didn't mean to interrupt you. You so uh, no, you went out there and you did ask. So I so I asked the question, and you know, I, some funny things came back, like less time in the shower. I get asked out to lunch more often. My my kids don't ride and ask for money near as much. But some profound things, like like it gave me permission to live my life for what's most important. A sense of urgency to really make a difference in the world and, and, and leave some kind of legacy. So it's, it's even in the darkest times, you know, okay, what, what am I supposed to learn here? What is the gift? Even in the, in the toughest situations, I think there's a gift. I love that. I love that. And then the P on the GPS is to be playful. Yes. So what are ways that people can really instill that in their lives and in the workplace? Again, a lot of different playful rituals we can bring in our lives. But first, it starts with a state of mind that that I am going to just allow myself to be. Uh, to, you know, it's more important to to successfully be than be successful. So sex, successfully being leads to being successful. Do you mean, well, when you say being, do you mean like meditation to just be present? 
Yeah, I mean, I think meditation really helps you just live in the state of being or the state of flow. So it's just, it's just focus on the present moment instead of getting caught up in the stress of what you need to do, the future, or the past of, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you know this happened in my life. So it, it's just focus straight ahead. It's in that state of play. But you know, I think one quick example that comes to mind is a organization in Dubai called called Right Selection. They have a, a, a ritual called Pop This that every Every, the start of every month, they every employee gets six balloons. Everybody has their own color. And every time something good happens, they get to pop a balloon and talk about what happened. Three personal balloons, three business balloons. And being an events company, that every time they get a, a new client, that's a reason to pop a balloon. They uh, a, a nice letter from a, a, a past client, you can pop a balloon. A new sponsor, pop a balloon. So they have criteria. But then the personal stuff, you know, what, what good things in your life are happening? 37 likes on my new haircut, pop a balloon. First one's a pop a balloon. Six balloons gets a, a Starbucks gift card or movie passes. doesn't matter so much. But it's just the idea that the inclusivity of celebrating with the, with the whole team. And that way, again, you're focused on what's what, – the fun things, the good things in your life as opposed to what's not working. I love that. And I think families could do that, right? Whether it's pop a balloon or whatever it is, you know, you, you have a kazoo, whatever it is, uh, you blow the kazoo, whatever fun thing it is. Because some people I can see, you know, there's the person going, well, that would be loud. Well, then find something that works for you, right? It's playfulness. Exactly. It's not to find the problem. It's to find the success of it. So, nice. you know, how we could instill that in our, maybe you don't have kids, but you're, you're in a relationship. What fun thing could the two of you do? And suddenly you're in the apartment and you hear them doing that success thing. You get to go say, what happened? You know, <laughs> and you get to celebrate that. Sure. Uh, I love the playfulness of that. One of the, Mary Laverty, who wrote the book, Stop Screaming at the Microwave, and I used to have a handle on life, but it broke. We interviewed her for my first book, Celebrate Lessons Learned from the World's Most Admired Organizations. And she talks about the concept of the best of the best. So the best of the best started when she was on a uh, holiday with her family in, in Disneyland, you know, the, the way there is always, a, you know, the kids are excited. They're well-behaved, but on the way back, not so much. That's when you're contemplate for a brief moment. Maybe now is a good time for adoption, right? <laughs> but she, uh, so that's when the best of the best happened. So she says, hey, what's the best ride we were on in Disneyland? What's the, uh, what was your favorite meal? The, the favorite line of the trip? The, your most, the, the best, the, your most favorite people that we met? And it became so effective that she tried it at the dinner table. What's the best thing that happened at school today? So it's, again, focusing on what works in your life. Uh, it's, it's what Ritz-Carlton does when they start any shift around the world. They start off with what's called a lineup where they share positive service moments that creates that service mentality that people understand how important it is to, and, and to give good service and, and what that means to to have that mentality of taking care of your customer. So what if we started every day or every every meeting or with the question, hey, what's working in your life? Or what's working? What have, what good things have we done since the last time we met? Too often companies start a meeting and immediately get into what's not working. Why don't we just spend a couple minutes with what is working, the, the best of the best? Yeah. Or if you're going to talk about what's not working, end with what is working. Where are our successes? All right, that's where we struggled. Where are our successes? I know uh, I've been fortunate that one of my sons was in Scouts, and I was fortunate that I got to do a trip with them 
it's called Phil Mount Scout Ranch. And it's called a high adventure trip. You're anywhere from eight to 12,000 altitude. And you're hiking truly in the rough uh, for roughly, if I remember right, seven to 10 days. And at the end of each day, they do what's called thorns and roses. So the eight of you that that are out there on your own get in a circle. And you go around and first you share your thorns. And the reason they do that is they don't want things building up, right? They don't want some a kid struggling with something. And kid is mean they're all high schoolers with maybe one or two adults. That's it. And the kids are in charge. You're just there as a, literally as a safety supervisor more than anything. Uh, and they go around and they air out thorns. You know, what hurt today? What was difficult? It could be somebody something said. But then you end with roses. What were your roses today? You know, because every rose has thorns. Sure. So, I love it. but what, what was the beautiful part? And what's amazing is you have these high schoolers who are rough and tough and they're working hard all day and suddenly somebody's vulnerable and sharing how that one thing that other teenager said made their day. Or when you were trying to climb to 12,000 feet to Mount Baldy and somebody was being goofy and it made you smile and you're able to get through the pain. Uh, and suddenly it was lighting people up around the circle. And they can't be double-edged swords. You either say a thorn or you say a rose. You don't say a rose that has a thorn in it. Uh, you, you, know, you don't hurt somebody while you're complimenting them. Uh, and so it was just beautiful. And I think that plays right to what you're saying there. Uh, where can we find that, that wonderful playfulness uh, in the toughest of days and times? Yeah, and then it gives people permission to open up and share their thorns and roses as well, which I think is is, is wonderful because then you create a, a closer community. Absolutely. Nice. Yes, because then others feel safe. And yeah. I think that's so important when you talk about being playful. If someone's playful and others start to respond to it, it allows everyone to be playful. If I'm the only playful one and people are going, there's the idiot, nobody's probably going to join. But if we create a culture where people say, let's celebrate that, it changes everything. Yeah, and attitude flows downhill. So it's important for your leaders to embrace this concept, which then gives people around them permission to, permission to be their authentic selves. And that's when the culture changer, changes for the best. Yeah, love it. Okay, so S again was? So S is for surprise. Surprise. So, and surprise is the element of the unexpected. Uh, the reason celebration fails in most organizations today is it becomes institutionalized. It's the way we've been celebrating birthdays for 50 years around here. First Tuesday of the month, we sing happy birthday to all the October babies. And then we give, serve that same stale sheet cake we served this month before. And then we get back to work. <laughs> or we have, a, we have a committee that does the exact same thing every single And now it's bureaucracy. It's not even fun. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, so it's really looking for that spot recognition, catching people doing something right in a creative way. It, it, it's, it's that surprise mentality where... How can we, we learn more about the people in our lives so that we can offer them things that truly make them happy based on their intrinsic motivators, based on what they're really most passionate about in their lives? You know, I was having a conversation with a corporation in, in Miami just about two weeks ago, and we were talking about creating a culture of respect. And people, when they want to fight back against creating cultures of respect, they say it's politically correctness gone wrong. You know, you hear all this kind of pushback. And uh, when you're having these conversations, they'll say, well, you're going to take the fun out of work. And they go, really? All right. Uh, you sense it's such a fun environment where you really know each other and you've really bonded. What matters most to Tracy next to you? And they can't answer. 
And I go, so really yeah. fun to you was about being able to say whatever you wanted to say without regard to how it impacts others. It wasn't about actually creating a fun culture that you care about each other, know about each other, can do exactly what you're referring to there. How can I excite you and motivate you if I don't know what drives you? So right. if I know what matters most to you, I can do a simple thing to surprise you and make your day. Exactly. Right? So if I know that your children mean everything to you and it's your son's birthday or your daughter's birthday and I slide something on your desk that you can give to them as a gift, it might be small, right? It might be $10 gift certificate to some place you've heard them say they go. That's going to mean the world to that person because you cared about them as a human being. It showed empathy and affection and it was a surprise. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Exactly. And especially today, when you, when you look at organizations and you're trying to create that culture, you know, one secret weapon really is to look into what, what they're, to involve the, the entire family in that celebration. So what you're saying is, is so perfect is, you know, learn more about the family and then if you can create a chance to bring that family closer together or celebrate together, then, uh, then that's, that's just that much more connection that takes place. I love it. I love it. So everyone listening right now, think about how, what could I do to get to know the people in my life better so that I could give them surprises that, and we're not talking money. I think sometimes people hear that and go, well, I don't have the money to be buying everybody gifts. No. What could you say to them on that day? Hey, it's your son's birthday. Tell him I said, happy birthday. I mean, that, that, that alone is special. Exactly. If they didn't tell you, if they didn't walk up to you and go, it's my son's birthday. And you walk up to them and go, isn't it John's birthday today? Hey, let them know we said happy birthday. I mean, that just lets somebody know, wow, they actually knew it's my son's birthday. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Way back to Harvey McKay's top 66, the 66 questions that you, that you need to know to learn the people that you're, that you're serving so that uh, you, you know how to hit those touch points. Oh, I think that's great. So Wilt, if you could, it's called Harvey McKay's 66 Points. Well, it was in his first book, Swim with the Sharks. Okay. So I, and, I, and I just, I remember, boy, how many years ago was that? Probably 30 some years ago. But I remember when, before I got into the speaking business, I was in sales and I remember reading that, uh, reading that book and, uh, and, and those like, wow, these are 66 ways. I think it's 66. I may be wrong, but, uh, I just remember thinking, okay, this, this focuses you on, you know, really learning about who you're, who you're selling to or serving so that, uh, you can build a personal relationship first before you, uh, before you do business. I love that. That's great. And for those listening, uh, we didn't talk about the fact that when Scott says when he's speaking, so Scott speaks all over the world. He is a former president of the National Speakers Association, which is the, by far, the number one professional trade organization of speakers in the world. People who speak for a profession, that could be trainers, speakers, uh, authors. But so you have a background of traveling the world doing this. And in that, you started a way of giving back to the world. Uh, a nonprofit. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the nonprofit is called Together We Can Change the World. And Janice Stanfield and I have both been spending a fair amount of time in Southeast Asia for the past 20 years. And it had, about the same time, I, I was speaking to a group, uh, Alcatel-Lucent actually, in uh, in Cambodia. And it was a time when the stock market was was crashing and, and uh, the vice president at the time took all their senior leaders to to Cambodia and said, hey, there's more important things in life than than the, the value of your stock. 
and we spent a day in the killing fields in, in Phnom Penh, and then spent a day building houses with Tabitha, which is a, an organization that provides homes for those less fortunate. And was so touched by that, and, and Jana was experiencing something very similar in Cambodia at the time. And, and we, had, uh, you know, we'd, we had grown to love Southeast Asia and the people of Cambodia and Thailand and the Philippines. And we said, you know, we want to we want to give something back. So we did a speakers tour. There were six of us that started on back in uh, 2008 was our very first tour. So we're just going into our 10th year now. And we went to three countries and just visited orphanages and and children's homes. And uh, and from that, we we started this organization called Together We Can Change the World. And now we have over 25 causes in seven countries. And we work in anti-trafficking, social business, really the health and education of girls and women. And we partner with champions on the ground that are already doing great things. And we, we invest in those, those causes and those projects. And then we do two speaker tours a year where the speakers have a chance to come over to Southeast Asia, speak, uh, serve, sing, have lots of fun, and, and make a difference. And we like to say that the, the life you change Maybe your own. I have several friends who have made that trip with you, uh, and everybody just speaks volumes of the impact that has on them, and that's incredible. If somebody did want to be able to contribute and make a difference, make an impact, how could they do that? Well, if they would want to come on a trip, they would uh, apply to come on a trip, um, and then um, send a set of guidelines to just so they understand what happens in a trip, uh, and then um, you know, most in most cases. Uh, sometimes we do sell out trips and they have to wait for another trip. But um, uh, that, that's one way is to you know get involved that way. Uh, we, we've started a speakers bureau recently so that and we focus primarily on Southeast Asia, some in the Middle East as well. Uh, they can get they can get involved and give a percentage of their of their money back instead of being a traditional speakers bureau and paying that 25 percent, 10 percent goes to the cause of your choice. So that's a, another way for them to be involved as well, or just to volunteer. And uh, we're we're uh, we're doing a silent auction here soon, where they could actually donate coaching or speaking if they'd like as well to help raise money for these causes. Awesome. So we will have those links in the show notes for anyone listening right now, so that you can find out how to get a hold of Scott. And of course, well, you'll have your contact information, Scott, too, for anybody Thank who's you. listening to that. You mentioned Harvey McKay swimming with the sharks. What are books that have greatly impacted you over the years? Well, way back to, uh, of course, started with Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People was a great one. Uh, Psycho-Cybernetics is still, uh, you know, one of the one of the, the, the books that uh, still continues to change lives. Recently, let's see, what, uh, what have I read recently that, um, boy, anything by Thomas Friedman is... Uh, is is always a, a good read. I uh, love Seth Seth Godin's books. Uh, Outliers was a, a wonderful book. Marshall Goldsmith's uh, latest Triggers. And so you're a big reader. I, I love to read too. How do you think? How important do you think reading is to that approach you have to life? Uh, I mean, it, it's just it's nice to reflect on your values and be and question your values by whatever you read. So whether it's you know whether it's podcasts, whether it's blogs, I mean it's just to continue to feed your mind with 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 good thoughts that that support what your what your values are 
and also challenges the way that you think. So I think that's a, a big piece of personal growth. I love it. And do you, now you also have a tight knit group community. You're in the, the Denver community and you have a lot of tight knit group as far as fellow speakers. How yes. important do you think that is for anyone? I'm not just speakers because people listening to this come from all walks of life uh, to find a network, to really dive into the network, to invest in the network. How critically important do you feel that is? Critically important. No question. You know, you see YPO, they have the, the forum, you see Vista. So for groups. people listening, YPO is young professionals organization. Yep, young oh, young, profession. I'm sorry, young president's organization. That's what I thought. Okay. Young president's or, organization. And then or EO is entrepreneurs organization. And now they have WPO world president's organization. Right. Visage is uh, CEOs typically, correct? Right. right. They, that meet in a what, group of 10 or 12 that, uh, that open up their, their books and share business tips and, and, and speaker communities around the world have mastermind groups where you get together for a half a day or a full day or even for a couple hours and you bring your issues or you work on your stories together. You know, it's uh, we work in the, uh, the most wonderful industry in the world and to not take advantage of the collaboration and the and the the wonderful minds that we come in contact with every day is is kind of, you know, kind of silly. I mean, there's I always say to my audiences, there's a lot more wisdom in front of me than there is in front of you. So how can you collectively take advantage of the wisdom of your communities so that uh, you become better? I love it. And I think for those listening who might think, well, uh, I'm, I'm not looking for that professionally. Think about, well, how can I do that personally? I was, I've been in, like you've been in masterminds. And I, several years back, looked in the mirror and went, what if I could have one for parents locally that we could get together and share what we're going through? And what's interesting is we had a small group of us you know, four or five couples. And no matter how much you thought a couple had it going on and had it something else, you know, as far as you thought, oh, they had it figured out. Um, no, everybody always had a struggle, something going on. And it, it made you realize, okay, this is normal. What I'm going through is normal. This is part of parenting. Uh, this is not because I'm the worst parent or I screwed up. It's just part of what comes with the equation. <laughs> and and that's really important to know and to have others to share with to feel safe and to feel more confident and to build the best foundation you can going forward. Nothing else like that. So for anyone listening, I would ask yourself, uh, you know, like a book club, but maybe it's not a, you don't have to read books. Maybe it's to get together and say, where are you at in life? What do you want to talk about this week? What's your positive that you need? You want to share with us? What success, what struggle would you like some insight with, or just to have ears to listen to? It can be so powerful to have that community. Yeah. Just to have that support in your life. When yeah. You, you can tap into it when you need to. And yeah, and they're not, know, know they're, the there's care. a difference in having family support and having outside support. So both are valuable. So yeah. if people are going, why my family? You might be surprised by the feedback you get outside your family. So it, it's really important to have both. And so I, I really encourage anyone listening to think, hmm, where could I add that in my life? Uh, I know people who are creatives, like they want more creativity in that. Find other creatives. And like when you write, share your writing with each other. If you do art, sh share your art with each other. Give feedback so it can get stronger. It can just be so powerful. I, no question. Well, I want to thank you, Scott, for joining us. This has been wonderful. Uh, Lisa, who produces our shows, will always often say, hey, that show had a lot of value bombs, <laughs> which is awesome, right? This idea of value blowing up because it was so good. And you gave us some serious value bombs. So thank okay. you very much for joining us. 
Well, thanks for having me on the show, and I appreciate your work so much and what you're doing in the world, and keep it up. Well, thank you, Scott. For everyone listening, please remember to have mindfulness or, or to think about where can I be mindful today to live that mindfulness every day of your lives. Until next time, have an awesome day. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.